Yo, so uh, this is fucked up, but every single cost cutter within a five minute walk of me is really fancy now. I don't understand why that is. It's fucked up, yo. <laughs> yo, it's incredibly yo, fucked get up. This. <laughs> hey, buddy. Oh, what's wrong with this no, fucking neighborhood? The weird thing is, it's like they're all like they all have like it's cost cutter organics now, and they all have like nice wood fronting. And but they still are selling sort of like a 12 pound box of like, you know, Polish knockoff dishwasher tabs, all the same products. But it's trying to be a lifestyle brand now. I like the idea of Polish knockoff and dishwasher tabs and dishwasher. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? Clean your dishes. Uh, Wait, why are they Swedish? Why are they Italian? This is so dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Every time Milo does does amazing on point accents for the British Isles and the Commonwealth. And then anytime it goes to the continent. And it's just like, hey, we're all from Italy. No, Sometimes this, we this, just throw in some Slavic words. Hey, this cold open is bad. Let's just cut to the theme song from here. <laughs> Hello and welcome back again to your weekly free TF. I am Riley in the studio with me in the guy household is Milo. Hey, it's me, your boy. It's good. I've just got back from the north uh, where I attempted to civilize the peoples, not with great success. But uh, I'm back. Actually, I really enjoyed Newcastle. Newcastle's great. Would recommend it. All right, shouts out, shouts out to Newcastle. I've also been asked to give shouts out to um, our listeners in Spain. So uh, to all of our fans in the Iberian Peninsula, um, get your brain pan measured. See if you're actually sentient. Oh, yeah, also- all those guys, Gibraltar, Portugal. <laughs> I think that's all of it. <laughs> we're also here with producer Nate. Hello, it's me, Nate. You know, funny talking about Gibraltar. I don't know if you remember this, but during um, it was in and around the time of the general election in 2017, there was this uh, Sun headline where they were basically trying to make menacing noises about Gibraltar. And I have no idea why. I don't know if it's their style guy that they would never use an Enya like the Spanish you know, uh, diacritical mark, but they basically wrote talking about Gibraltar. We just want to blow the bloody seniors off. And I don't know if they meant like, like blow them with bombs off the island, but it sounds like you do realize this headline. It sounds like you want to suck off Spanish yeah, guys, no, right? It's the, it's, this is ultimate sort of reactionary mm. British conservative mindset is it all just comes down to like enraged, enraged sexuality. Well, I was gonna yeah. say, it's like, it's like, you're so mad at the Spanish with some jumped up idea Gosh, that we're so still going to suck their dicks. We're, exactly. We're so mad from a war that happened yeah. almost 400 years ago. Well, a little less than that, we're but still, still close. And we're, and we're like, <laughs> like, I'm so mad at them. So I'm going to blow them. That yeah. isn't even the only time they've done but, a weird. But we, are, we have introduced like three fifths of the people on this podcast. Guys, we got to keep going. Uh, we have Hussein in the guy outpost in New York. In Albany. Um, yes, I'm in another very weird room. In this very strange place in Albany, uh, talking into the ether. I was going to ask Milo, like on his uh, civilization, like his trip to civilize the northern people. Um, you came back with an arrow in your ass, right? I did. Yes, uh, they they caught me in the act of trying to build a wall to keep <laughs> the Picts out of Northumberland. <laughs> uh, God, the Sentinelese get everywhere. <laughs> they really do. Uh, so, and, um, yeah. So, so we yeah. have Hussein living in. Um, what I guess is like the, the, a David Lynch dreamscape, always just in different fancy rooms. Uh, and then we have Alice Avizandam joining us from Glasgow. Hi Hello, guys. Alice. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. North uh, of the wall. Yeah, in the even <laughs> less civilized north. Um, 
happy to be diversifying your like male brochalist podcast by being a guest who just sounds like a male brochalist. <laughs> <laughs> well, when it, no male brochalists are available, yeah. <laughs> yeah, ch- 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 change change has to come incrementally. Like you can't like mm-hmm. go zero to a hundred. No, absolutely. Um, but we have to work within the system, and the system is gender. <laughs> within and against the state, absolutely. Um, Oh, wait, can I say one more thing about the Gibraltar thing? Of course, uh, you can say one more thing about Gibraltar. So, There's always room for the Gibraltar there segment. There was also another time when the Sun tried to do a weird own about Gibraltar, and it was, like, less superficially insane, but more, like, macro insane. Because what they did was they they projected the words hands off our rock onto the rock of Gibraltar. <laughs> but... What, I mean, that's kind of mental, right? But mm. what they didn't realise was that what's really mental about it is that the Rock of, the rock of Gibraltar faces the sea. So <laughs> you can't see that from Spain. They were like telling Morocco, hey, hands off our rock, <laughs> you Moroccan pricks. We know you're looking at our rock. We you swarthy motherfuckers over there eyeing up our rock lasciviously. Well, I we're mean, not having it. This is to- But this is like, this is such sort of conservative uh, protest mindset, right? Because this is kind of what Laura Loomer is done outside of Twitter, where in response to getting banned, uh, she's just handcuffed herself to the building and is in some kind of like feeble, weird, bizarre protest has just like been like just willingly peeing herself all day outside Twitter to protest getting banned. Mm, more on this later. <laughs> no, I'm moving <laughs> well, it up. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, shout out, shout out to Tim Paul for actually asking, asking me important questions. Um, such as, but he was the first one to report that Laura Luma was willing to pee her pants if it meant that she would get back online on Twitter. Um, and the whole protest mm. was based on the idea that banning Laura Luma from Twitter and from tweeting fuck pics at Paul Joseph Watson was equivalent to the Holocaust. Well, it's weird because like Laura Luma, in a way, was doing Twitter in real life outside the Twitter offices because she spent so much of her time peeing her pants on online in a metaphorical sense. And <laughs> when they took away her Twitter, she was left with only one logical alternative. That does put us in a weird position. Like, if Twitter went down for good, would we just have to become our terrible irony posting selves, but in real life? Like, would, <laughs> would the things that you talk about, Milo, like with the, uh, the I don't know, Stuart Little, but analyzed to an immense degree? Like, would you just have to do that in real life? Like, become a university lecturer on like Stuart Little studies I do do that in real life I'm a stand up comedian eh? <laughs> you may have realised <laughs> what seems like a hellish dystopian world to you is actually my job <laughs> uh, so but so we've been we've basically been talking we've been unable to stop talking about this um, where, but this is you notice this the, it, this is true with the Gibraltar thing it's true with Loomer's thing it's true it, and it's even true with like people sort of protesting that Brexit is being betrayed or being you know fulfilled improperly or fulfilled too much or whatever is it's just these feeble bizarre just completely non-metaphorical like completely ultra literal um public humiliating protests the opposite of fancy cost cutter is feeble bizarre <laughs> <laughs> thank my, you my, alice any takes on this yeah my favorite thing about the the sort of collapse of metaphor that happened here was that at one point they literally took her megaphone away so that she wasn't <laughs> she was unable to protest effectively and she locked her sign inside twitter inside the office <laughs> she, she had this sign saying explaining why it was bad to ban her and she let go of it for a second in the process of handcuffing herself to the door and it got trapped inside without her and she, so she was just st- st- 
stuck there watching this sign. It was, it was just perfect. So yeah, that, that's was the just, future now. Was, yeah. Yeah. There was just briefly a lady just handcuffed <laughs> yeah, just, to Twitter with just, no just, particular agenda. She was just an accessory, and and the, they didn't <laughs> press charges or anything. She could, she was free to go, and the cops, I think, at one point told her, you know, hey, if you want us to cut the handcuffs off, just you just call us back. And she just she yeah. kind of just stayed there and just waited. There was a there was a line that I saw somebody who was actually paying attention to the live stream mentioned that one of the cops was like, "You do know that there's other ways you can get online, right?" And it's just like, <laughs> "Well, he's about to recommend no, Gab. Let to me her. into the internet headquarters. <laughs> I demand to speak to the Grand Wizard of the Internet." <laughs> well, it's the all of the all of these people. All of these sort of um, conservatives whose whole thing is just getting furious all the time in public with sort of these elaborate symbols, they're all just turning themselves into drill mm. at this point. <laughs> like, they, they just, they're so mad and so focused, but they'll never let anything go because all, a lot of their protests are personal. It's like, it's, it's, it's all, uh, don't ban me, uh, don't be mean to me, uh, I'm angry that you interrupted my lunch. Uh, Stop or telling like, me about boy pussy. Or, or, or like recently, <laughs> or like or like or like John Pedora. It's like yelling at Schnippers for his order being late. Like it's always these just public meltdowns that are ridiculously humiliating, and they just go further and further into it with like a white knuckled grip on their own sanity. <laughs> a white knuckled grip due to the circulation being cut off by the handcuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, some, something too that I uh, that I noticed was um, like. With people like John Podoritz, for example, it's always amazing, too, how there's a sort of duality of man aspect there, where in literally in the span of five minutes, it can be like, tear gas isn't defensive. We do it to the troops. Do it to children, too. And the next tweet is like, no, I will not wait five hours in line for a pastrami sandwich. What kind of person five do you think hours? I am? Okay, I wouldn't wait for five hours. <laughs> well, I mean, he, uh, but yeah. but also, <laughs> you, you probably... There's a pastrami sandwich and you have to wait five minutes, but you have to get tear gas as well. <laughs> John Podoritz would take that deal. It's the Brexit thing, too, though, because, um, you know, we were going to be free to strike our own trade deals and to be a sort of buccaneering swashbuckling nation again and within five minutes we're upset because our rock is being harassed <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's gibraltar is just britain's pet rock yeah. at this point <laughs> i mean i've told the spanish thousands of times there be no buried treasure on gibraltar <laughs> uh, we got so we got so much shit so let's get into the content lads and lasses um honorary lads. so uh we it's, it's, in, the, in the guy household, everyone's an honorary lad. Um, yeah. uh, so, uh, basically, there are... When we, again, we've all watched this video, and it has been melting our brain stems the last couple of days. Um, but there are tens of millions of aggregated views on YouTube for what can only be described as a toy that appears to teach children it's okay to play with shit. By the way, before we continue, Is welcome. It two girls, one cop. <laughs> well, welcome. Well, well, there are two girls. Welcome to all. Welcome back to, of course, to all of the listeners who first joined us for our Tom Cabassi Brexit episode. And I hope you're enjoying this jarring change in tone. <laughs> right. So it's called the Poopsie Surprise Unicorn. <laughs> And I can only assume that it is bringing us history's first algorithmically generated Christmas. I'm just going to say, po yeah. Poopsie Surprise Unicorn sounds like a really euphemistic way to describe an adult that has shit themselves. It's, it's three <laughs> hours into Laura Loomer's protest. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this product really does what it says on the tin, because there's poop, there's unicorns, and it certainly surprised me. <laughs> <laughs> so... I, uh, I I pulled the product description here. Hi guys, I'm Chloe. And I'm Tahani. Today, we're here to make the most fabulous unicorn slime ever with Poopsie Surprise Unicorn! 
what it needs to do is it needs to have a DRM on it that turns like their voices into the sound of Beelzebub. <laughs> <laughs> the unicorn, the unicorn has glittery poo. Actually, that's that gr- is what they sound like. That's a great idea. Like, imagine doing a metalhead unicorn shit unboxing video crossover. Okay. So everyone's very confused. So I'm <laughs> going to buy off the unicorn's head and shit it out. <laughs> everyone's very confused. So I'm going to describe what this project is. Project product. Watch this majestic unicorn magically poop slime with poopsy unicorn slime surprise. Majestic. With a little unicorn magic and sparkle, you can customize unicorn poop and transform it multiple times. Ten magical surprises included. When you got to go, store the poop slime in the collectible poopsy keychain. Can you find the ultra rare unicorn sparkle? That was just words. <laughs> I mean, what I did enjoy, though, was the phrase customizable unicorn poop, as though people have been battling for years under the jackboot of off the peg fucking, you know, for <laughs> one size fits all unicorn poop. I, they don't understand my specific unicorn poop needs. I need a tailored We've been approach. Oppressed by the drab monolith of big unicorn poop, <laughs> mass-produced <laughs> unicorn poop. No, this is, it's it's this is the uh, the the Apple ad from 1984, where it's Big Brother and the woman comes in slinging a gigantic bag of unicorn shit at the uh, faceless um, at the faceless Windows computer. That was my favorite part of the book 1984. <laughs> so, Hussein, I have to ask, since you're in America and you've gotten to see America in its truly dark heart in upstate New York. Does this make sense now? Like why why weird adults dressed up as children dressed up as adults talking <laughs> unicorn shit is a thing that apparently they have enough enough demands that they can make money doing this? Like d- does it make sense now? No, it doesn't. Like even for me, <laughs> someone who's been broken by the yeah. internet, like even this like surprised me and slightly traumatized me. And I well, was thinking I was thinking about why, and it wasn't necessarily like the nature of the product per se, right? Because there are different ways that you could market it, but it was more like the kind of whole YouTube video that surrounded it was the thing that was like super disorientating. Like, um, mm. you know, so you have these like two two women who are like in their early 20s and they're dressed in like unicorn um, suits and they're talking like children and like you can kind of tell like there's a look in their eyes where they sort of know, where you can kind of tell that they know what they're doing. It's just really absurd and ridiculous and like, pretty disturbing so to you're say extent. they know what they're doing is wrong which i think would have been <laughs> a better description look look right as, as 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 a practicing muslim like i don't judge people my imam does so i did send my video to send send the video to him and he will be coming he will be writing a friday sermon about it for next week yeah. uh, <laughs> um, all i all, 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 all i can say is when i watch this video did i think isis had a point hmm, maybe who knows <laughs> Who knows, really? <laughs> All the unicorn poop stuff was actually in the Hadith. Well, I mean, it's, it's kind of like, I, I, here's a question I want to throw out to you guys. It's like, was, what was like the most disturbing part of the video? Was it just like the kind of infantile nature of it? Was it like the weird voices? Was it just generally the nature of like waiting for this toy to poop so you could play with it? Uh, for, like, well, for yeah. me, for me, it was the facial expression when they first like unveiled it because it was a whole unboxing thing. And right, they, right. They just had this kind of grey unicorn with a really weird facial expression, like it wasn't meant to be filmed from that angle, and <laughs> it just sort of descended <laughs> from there into shit. And I was like watching fucking Salo. It. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's actually what happened. The reason I say this is the first algorithmically generated Christmas is this is a ludicrously popular toy. It's completely sold out. It's the toy of Christmas, apparently. What? Yes. Have you like? Oh fuck! No, sorry. Hang on. I, I'm now on a. I'm now on a whole new level of what the fuck. Yeah. Because I thought this was like a niche thing, and I was being no. like, okay, there are always weirdos who'll be into anything, and it's still weird that they're into it. But okay, it's like it's a small. It's a great. It's like it's like the Tommy Robinson people. They're like, okay, it's bad, but like they're a small group that we can deal with them. But this is like a lot of people. Says <laughs> is FBPE. Follow back. <laughs> Follow back poop excitability. Do, <laughs> do, 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 do a Venn diagram of Tommy Robinson supporters, uh, uh, FVP people, and people who have bought unicorn poopsie surprise for their kids. It's a fucking circle. <laughs> <laughs> why, why, why did my Facebook ads only reach Julian mom? <laughs> this, this windmill shits out unicorns. <laughs> so basically, like, so this just to try and because it's hard to capture what this is, but it, it is a big unicorn and you feed it water and flour and sparkles. And then you hit a but you shake it up, you hit a button and then the unicorn shits slime you can play with. So I got to ask for for those of you who have been in the UK much longer than I have. Has the unicorn thing like the unicorn poop Starbucks like there was the the, the unicorn yeah, the, well, this is actually this is this is what I was getting so there to. Was, yeah, there's a thing in the US that was like this sort of color scream of like the in, in, the insane bright colors, like swirly color things that are like, you'll see cupcakes with that kind of like crazy level of color full everything dyed and they call it like unicorn poop or like the unicorn cupcake or there was a Starbucks unicorn latte or something like that. I so, wrote a Paste magazine article about it. Oh, wow. <laughs> Look at Riley, the serious journalist. I just had to Jeez. live in that hell. So like for me, it was less like a thing to be observed and more just like, Oh my God! They're doing unicorn shit again. No, people in Starbucks were like being abused to hell to make these fucking Starbucks so lattes. I've just blazed right past ISIS. I'm like joining Al Shabaab by this point. <laughs> I was gonna say Pol Pot had a point, didn't yeah. he? <laughs> like, on, no, honestly, like Khomeini's right. Like, that's fine. We can all agree. They don't on have that. unicorn shit, unicorn poop, slime, toilet toys in Iran. Okay? That's right. That's why we need to submit to the rightful governance of the Ayatollah, <laughs> Khomeini, pure of heart. <laughs> Anyway, so let's 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 so for our, our British listeners, Riley, you wrote the article apparently. So tell oh, us. So the, the uni- well, we, you've you've you described the unicorn frappuccino adequately, but it, what what I describe why I think this is the first algorithmically generated Christmas. <laughs> Shut up, my such a good phrase because you said it like a fucking Oxbridge professor. Well, I must say the right honourable gentleman gives an adequate description of the unicorn frappuccino, <laughs> but what I would add to his point. Okay, so the reason I said this is the first algorithmically generated. Christmas is that what this toy has done is it has basically done the same shit that like like where you have like Elsa from Frozen getting her head cut off by the Joker or whatever like algorithmic kids YouTube that was my videos. favorite Batman film. So it where it's it's the same thing where uh, all of these popular trends the unicorn aesthetic because mm-hmm. like the unicorn frappuccino you bought it so you could Instagram it you didn't drink it would taste yeah, awful it was apparently fucking give you stomach aches because yeah. it's just full and, of horrible stuff and so and and slime has been this huge trend. And so basically what happened is the algorithm just spat out unicorn slime. And um, then a toy was sort of made almost automatically. And I'm pretty sure that those two sort of early 20s actresses playing young girls, playing older women, it's really weird. I'm pretty sure like their script is almost written for them algorithmically. And here's the other fucked up thing. The main... unboxing videos of the unicorn slime poopsie surprise thing are super popular and the reason most kids want to get them apparently is so they can make unboxing videos of the unicorn poopsie surprise 
So I also would point out, and I want to hand it over to, to Alison Hussein, but really quickly, another thing I'd point out is that like so much of this aesthetic also draws from the fact that like they basically, the reason why it's so creepy with obvious adults playing children playing adults is that uh, people got in trouble for a while for making YouTube because like really popular YouTube channels, uh, you know, were basically people exploiting their children, making their children do these like weird, not just unboxing videos, but even creepier ones, like where the like, kids are like eat like very enthusiastically eating candy and be like, it's so delicious, just like making weird faces. Like imagine a 10 minute or 15 minute video of like children under the age of 10, like very theatrically eating candy. Like how strange that is, but that was a very popular YouTube trend, and so in a se- in a sense, like this is their way. Like by by having adults play children, they get around YouTube's content and monetization restrictions for videos that feature minors. But also, again, I'd like to emphasize these are people buying people watching unboxing videos so they can buy a product to make their own unboxing video. Yes, with their own adults dressed as children dressed as adults. I also want to say one other thing too is that the unicorn frappuccino in Starbucks was also hell on earth for Starbucks employees because it was so complicated to make and like painful and it's just like one of those things where but like you described it Riley it was for an aesthetic. It wasn't it wasn't to drink. But I really want to focus on the fact that there are people who are making video they're making they're, this thing is being created on videos that is selling a product to people based on algorithms so they can make videos that are unboxing the product can we please do a review of a child doing an unboxing video of this that's a tribute to an, another unboxing video there's um there's an important there's another important thing that we're all missing out here which is that this year there is a big upsurge in poop related christmas products for children um so i've just there's this piece in the atlantic which i've just like brought up just now in which one of the most popular toys that's going to be out in 2018 is a product called Poopies. And Poopies are, quote-unquote, rolls of toilet paper that hold mystery capsules with names including Lil Squirt, Skidmark, and Toot Fairy. Those are all these blind wrappers. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> these, these, these new blind capsules are creating a stink all over the Kerplopisis, faster than a fart disappeared in the wind, according to marketing material on Amazon. Um... So the piece. Wait, so is it actual toilet paper or is it like fake toilet paper that has this stuff in it? So you're I supposed it, to actually wipe your ass with it and it I like bursts actual, shit into your ass. I think it's actual toilet paper, but I haven't quite looked just yet. I don't understand like how else you would simulate. Like I don't understand how you, how else you would simulate it. So, um, see, the problem is that they didn't drop the neutron bomb after Beanie Babies and Tickle Me Elmo, and now we have this. <laughs> like it just yeah. keeps getting worse. Well, but it, it is all algorithmically generated, and it is just for YouTube. It's it's just it's just an algorithm talking to itself at this point. Yeah, my uh, my proposed uh, children's shitting Christmas toy this year is a special one where it's uh, it's a doll of Laura Loomer, <laughs> and you chain her to any door in your house, and uh, you feed her any amount of just complete bullshit from Fox News, and she just shits it all. <laughs> no, the out. Elf on the Shelf. That's some 2017 shit. Miss me with the Elf on the Shelf. We're now ha- if you want to like intimidate your children into behaving well this Christmas, just chain Laura Loomer to their doors and have her yell at them every time they try to do anything. But I think I think like to be to be like slightly serious for a second, um, and I'm sorry about this because I was the one who brought up the dragon dick like several times last week. Um, there's an important there's an important discussion to have here about like consumption, right? Like um, in regards tuberculosis. To- <laughs> well, no, it's just, just just in regards to like how. You know, because these these are like kids' products, right? So like these kids are going to be like nagging their parents to like buy stuff. But what seems to be like the pertinent thing here is about unboxing, and it's about like why is unboxing become like the big trend? Uh, you know, where kids kind of care more about like the packaging and the materials and making content where they can unbox like particular toys rather than the toys itself. And what I was thinking was like quite interesting was the way that 
people like consume things these days. So, you know, if you're an adult, like, I, you know, some people, they will like look on YouTube videos for ages so that they can find the exact right product. And like unboxing has become this big thing because of the way that we can, we like consume stuff and like how our demands work and how that sort of mirrors like how kids are pretty much doing the same thing. Like it's a very uniform way of like consuming products, if that makes sense. We live in a society. Yeah. I genuinely did have like a proper serious theory about this just to refute the idea that I was the dumb guest. Um, and then it turned out to be actually quite dumb, but I'm going to say it anyway, because I can't say it anyway. Yeah. Um, so the, the algorithm, right. Is, has basically sort of become a way of heightening contradictions in the same way that like late stage capitalism does. And, my central thesis for this is that Donald Trump is the poopsie surprise. <laughs> in that, right? <laughs> so the poopsie surprise is weird because it's been generated by an algorithm that thinks, okay, well, people like slime, people like unicorns. So we're going to have both of those, but very much. And there's this going to be this weird gestalt where it's more than the sum of its parts and it creates something really, really weird. Donald Trump is like if an algorithm thought, hmm, what are US presidents like? Old white guy, racist, um, you know, kind good of huge ego. Yeah, good, good at business, business deals and so on. But all of those things, but too much and in a weird, unpredictable combination that doesn't make sense and makes everyone feel deeply uncomfortable. Yeah, and just the, the average of the president's horniness was really skewed by JFK and Bill Clinton. <laughs> he's like a weird horny dude, but who's also bad with women. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think that that's that. I actually think that's kind of about right. But also, we have to remember that this year, um, slime, unicorns, and poop were put together by the algorithm. Uh, next year, the pooping unicorn is going to be put together with Trumpy Bear, also by the algorithm. And that's going to be the gift for, because this is a gift for a, for your, your child, and then the shitting Trumpy Bear is the gift for your grandfather who has the mind of a child. <laughs> but I mean, I'm also interested in the idea that we're not yet at the point where the algorithm is able to do the product design and actually like do the... So, so what I, the point I'm making is that at some point, a marketing person and a product design person and a person involved in like manufacturing had to get together and be like, do the Venn diagram and be like, we need unicorns and slime and shit jokes and let's make it all together. And it's like, we're not yet at the point where it's so automated that people just accept it. Like, Oh, this is what the machine gave us. The machine gave us <laughs> unicorn shit for Christmas this year. Instead, like someone has to be like, <laughs> that's sort of like, and maybe it's just driven by a desire to make money that people just are willing to put up with whatever. Cause typically they are, but I, I can only imagine that there must be someone like every time this happens, someone's dream is just being crushed. So like, I thought I was going to do something else with a product design degree. Instead, I'm making a toilet that a unicorn shits into. That just <laughs> made me imagine like a version of our society where like civilization completely collapses, but technology remains completely advanced. And we're a bunch of pagans like praying to the machines for good <laughs> gifts this year. Well, maybe that's <laughs> what it is. Maybe the marketing industry is all engaged in like a rocker's basilisk thing where they think the algorithm is going to come about soon or later so if we just create the things that it wants now it won't punish us later guys guys, guys, oh, praise guys the algorithm guys yeah. guys 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 what if the algorithm is the Mahdi? <laughs> oh. 
I, I, I also before we move move off of this this product, uh, I have I checked some of the reviews for this thing on Amazon, and mm-hmm. they tend to be pretty glowing. Some people are angry that it's hard to clean, but generally people seem to like the shitting unicorn. <laughs> this thing, which is based entirely around shitting and slime, is hard to clean. <laughs> Astonishing. Yeah. Um, here is the best review. Five stars. These toys are fantastic. There's absolutely nothing sexual about them. (laughs) (laughs) Too long have I failed to find non-sexual toys for my children. (laughs) They're toys. If you don't like it, don't buy it. (laughs) Love the slime, and my kids love the unicorns, and I'm going to buy all of them I can. Love the slime. (laughs) (laughs) Review of my sex life right there. He's converting his entire life savings into shitting unicorns. (laughs) <laughs> but this also is weird because when it says you don't like it don't buy it I'm going to buy all of them I can for them it's almost like those people who are like weird brand evangelists that are like I'm going to buy like the people who are really into SodaStream and they're like I don't care if SodaStream is made in the West Bank settlements I like SodaStream so I'm going to buy 50 fucking SodaStreams like imagine if you're that person but for a uniform yeah, unicorn poop slime thing what politics what like looks like you're, you do feminism by going to see the uh, Wonder Woman uh, movie a couple years ago right what politics do you do by buying the unicorn thing like maybe that's accelerationism you're supporting Laura Luma. <laughs> I mean, I think it's one of those things is that we look at it and we're like, oh, you do this if you're like extremely online. But I swear to God, I mean, I imagine if you have kids, like it has nothing to do with being like extremely online in the in the ironic way. It's literally like, no, this is what your kids want. Like this is this is normal now. The kids' brains have been distorted in such a way that there's like no playing with unicorn poop is is fun and it's normal and it's what I want. But it's not just playing with unicorn poop. It's playing with unicorn poop in such a way that you hope a hundred thousand people will watch you. I mean that that in many ways is what podcasting is, isn't it? When you when you Google it, like no one else, there's so many kind of positive reviews about it, and so many. So I was like on Mumsnap, uh, that famous site, like just now, looking at like reviews, mm, looking at cl- looking at like reviews of like this this fucking like poopsie unicorn, and everyone's just saying it's great. They're like, oh, I'm gonna get this for my kid. This is gonna be like a perfect stocking stuff stuffer, and like you know. Mumsnet are like completely fine with this kind of weird sexual pooping I, unicorn. I would, I would have imagined they, they would have found some way to be really transphobic about it. But <laughs> I, was about to, apparently... I, was about, I was about to say that like they're really kind of, you know, they hate trans people, but you know, that, that's the line. The line, is, the line is trans people, but not Has... weird sexual pooping unicorns who wear like crop tops. Have you seen like the toy, the unicorn toy? Like they all wear crop tops. Hussein, didn't you listen to the review? They're not sexual. Okay, okay. Well, look. Because actually, regular new unicorns are naked. So (laughs) if it's wearing a crop top, that's actually less. It's covering its boots. This is the modest. This is an Islamized (laughs) unicorn. (laughs) It's modest fashion. So I think that's that's the unicorn. uh, It's just been burning a hole in my brain for the last couple of days. And now you all have to think about it. Mm. I'm looking forward Um, to the reign of the machines. This generation is going to be so normal. I mean, <laughs> but like I imagine this generation might also turn around and reject all this stuff and just decide they like normal no, they instead no they won't no, they, they, no they've they're going to be hunting just... us for our meat in the climate <laughs> wasteland it's, it's yeah like, it's fine can you be making unboxing videos as they strip the meat from our carcass? <laughs> yeah, you are the box and the organs are the subject of the video, and they'll just go like one by one. I mean, they're how, how, how to how to how to field dress and butcher a human videos. I, I have to say really quickly. I know it's off topic, but when you think about like what for each age of this generation, like as kids are making unboxing videos, what are they going to be making as adults? And my mind immediately flashed to like like the home blacksmith YouTube channel of this guy who does blacksmithing explaining <laughs> why actually jet fuel can melt steel beams. <laughs> of course. Like, yes. I that's can't, what the future I, holds. I can't wait to unbox the truth about 9-11. Um, Whoa. Unicorn, so, unicorn poop uh, can't wow, melt steel beams. Wow, that's spicy. 
That's spicy. So I'm going to move on to the next the next thing that sort of hoved into view. Um, this is actually this is actually an Alice spot on this one. Yeah, it's a startup called. Ambulance. Ambulance. Uh, Alice, you want to explain it? <laughs> okay, so it's disrupting the world of emergency medical care because tech guys keep inventing the bus because they are stupid and they see the problem in front of them that's been caused by defunded public services. So they see people who can't get transport and they think, hmm, I'll invent the bus. In this case, they've seen people who can't get an ambulance and think, well, I'll invent an ambulance, but there'll be an app. And it, it'll be <laughs> yeah. like, it'll be different because I'll take some of the consonants out, or the vowels out rather, and it'll be an ambulance and it'll be bright blue. It's the color of a smurf. It's very disconcerting. <laughs> And you have a little app on your phone so you can track where the ambulance is. And it's, it's, yeah, I, I, yeah. I love when I'm like so injured that I need an ambulance. So I open up like an Uber like app and try to wrestle with my location on the map for five minutes. Yeah. When you see it written down, it looks like the name of a town in Hungary or something. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I have I have some of so I think we can describe it basically as Uber for ambulances. And I've I've got some of the copy from the website here. Ambulance. Can you do an ambulance pool? <laughs> ambulance is a new kind of on-demand ambulance service provider that is transforming medical transportation <laughs> through the use of disruptive technology. Since when have ambulances not been an on-demand service? <laughs> Who keeps an ambulance on retainer? Like, just in case. Oh, I always bring my ambulance with me because you never know. Well, who's in you an ambulance know. and thinks, I wish this experience could be more disruptive? <laughs> uh, but that's not even the end of the sentence better compensation for emts and a unique business model that and i'm going to add the word somehow somehow guarantees the highest level of care <laughs> it, it, it guarantees the highest level of care because what what it's not telling you is that the uh the ambulance service also pr- also makes innovative pizzas <laughs> it's like the highest level of care. They're going to cauterize your wounds in the pizza oven. <laughs> You'll be fine. Always be hustling. <laughs> um, and it, they say ambulance. And so what it is, is an EMT will be a private contract contractor and then they'll like sign up to this service and they'll just drive an ambulance around for a while waiting for a call um and it says ambulance allows emts to build a path to entrepreneurship and the ability to build meaningful careers in the ambulance service why not turn your job into a career yeah, the trouble with careers in the in the ambulance service before was that they were too meaningless. But now that I work for this insane startup who have me driving around aimlessly, waiting for people on an app to tell me that their knee hurts, I feel much better. What what I just find insane about it, right, is that this is we we have had this just as a service provided by the government or the the local health service provider. It's just a thing they do, and completely unnecessarily. We've just sort of complicated our relationship to it, but also turned it into entrepreneurship somehow because everyone has to be an entrepreneur now. Well, also, I mean, if people can't afford an ambulance, it's because they don't have health insurance in the United States and ambulance transportation costs a ton. So the idea that like the problem is that people don't know how to dial 911 the problem, if that's the problem, and not the fact that people can't afford the cost, because I keep thinking too about like, what did they say? What, what was the what was the ad copy they used? The highest level of care. It's like, well, they don't really they don't pre- perform cardiac surgery in the ambulance. They have to take you to the hospital. And if your problem is you can't afford an ambulance, you probably can't afford cardiac surgery either. So in a way, it's just sort of like, what if your phone could tell you when the ambulance was coming? But like, that doesn't 
get away from the fact that like Black Mirror. What if your phone could tell you when the ambulance was coming? <laughs> Damn, what Charlie if, Brooker got really lazy. What if what if your phone could tell you when the ambulance was coming in the future when you're going to get hurt because it could predict? That's the next thing. That's Black what, Mirror. What if your what if your ambulance shot rainbows? <laughs> <laughs> why why is your ambulance? I'm not even going to bring up Jason Statham. The also because like this is just a bullshit company that does nothing to keep themselves high in like Google search rankings for when people search you know bullshit ambulance company. They have they just constantly constantly churn out nonsense blogs. So a lot mm-hmm. of these tech companies do this. Yeah. They'll just blog about any old subject that sort of just crosses their viewpoint. Um, and here is one of their blogs that's particularly tasty. Mm. Um, recently in Los Angeles, California, uh, a heavily intoxicated Heather Locklear was arrested back in June after EMTs and cops responded to her home on a disturbance call. They tried to load her onto a gurney when she threw a barrage of punches at them. While EMTs and paramedics losing their lives in the field is extremely rare, what is growing is the number of EMS worker injuries treated at U.S. hospital emergency departments due to violent acts. So, while the country deci- debates whether or not to arm teachers, we in the EMS community debate whether or not we should arm EMTs. So this is like the algorithmically wow. generated blog post. Yeah, oh, for, absolutely. For, for SEO ranking to improve. So when you think about school shootings and arming teachers, you also get ambulance yeah. results in your search. Oh, yeah. So I actually, uh, I met a guy who was an EMT in San Francisco for the fire service. And he was telling me that it's great because he has the right to like tranquilize anyone he wants. <laughs> <laughs> Surely not anyone who just comes into view. Well, ba- no, basically, yeah. So that's like a, that is like a rule with the, the EMTs because to protect themselves are allowed to just sedate people at will. Um, and he was like, and you don't have to like, they don't even have to have interacted with you. It's like if you if you're approaching a situation and you can see that someone is like potentially dangerous you're allowed to literally come up behind them and like stiff them with fucking tranks <laughs> and I was like that's like that's like a weird superpower <laughs> no, they're solid snake they're early game solid snake <laughs> exactly well yeah exactly I mean as, as EMTs approach the objective you know they, they walk up on guards who say whose footprints are these and you know yeah. they gotta turn themselves what's this box, box doing here <laughs> exactly you're getting you're getting punched in the face as you try and change Laura Luma's diaper <laughs> and then suddenly over the radio it's like snow Snake! Snake! Well, the, the, the other thing is, is interesting, actually, if you com- successfully complete five transportations to a hospital, then as an EMT, you can call in an airstrike if someone tries to punch you. <laughs> I was going to say, but you have to make sure that you, uh, that you, you, you push your controller buttons fast <laughs> enough. Otherwise, the ambulance takes you to a hospital that has Otacon instead of sorry, Merrill. Sorry, Lisa, Lisa Rinna from Melrose Place has been verbally abusive to me. I'd like a triple tap airstrike on her location. <laughs> yeah, the Heather, Heather Locklear thing is not getting nearly enough attention. Analysis of this. A highly intoxicated Heather Locklear, no less. The worst kind. (laughs) Just completely blind drunk and throwing a barrage of punches like Pi May. I would be really pleased if I was that drunk and my punches were still described as a barrage. Like, if I was in that condition, it would be one vaguely aimed punch that fell extremely wide of the mark. Oh, yeah. So, uh, I myself, have responded to emergency calls late at night in areas that have high crime rates and have found it to be uneasy. Safety is everyone's primary concern. He like saw a black <laughs> child selling lemonade. He was like, like oh, God, I don't feel safe. <laughs> <laughs> I need a gun. It's just Heather Locklear's house. Yeah, trank this kid. <laughs> Leather, Heather Locklear doing method act to play the black child of lemonade stand. <laughs> Quick, quickly, some, someone give me the rocket launcher. I need to rocket jump away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Um, uh, but would arming our EMS community with guns take it one step too far? I like that they don't actually come down on it. Like they're like, hey, you know, maybe you know we should get you should have like you know your um your defibrillator and then your deagle. Yeah, normal. Oh yeah, I I, I love I love perforating someone because they looked at me sideways. But Alice, it- I have to ask this question, Alice, because you discovered this one and you referred it to our uh, to our our tech critique service that we provide uh, for our customers here. Um. It seems like this would be even more dystopian when you're from a country where uh, ambulances are free. Yeah, where you don't have to pay like $5,000 a ride. It's a lot more existentially terrifying, I think. Um, also, because our ambulance service, I I don't know a lot of paramedics or anything myself, but I think the whole tranquilizing people just for being around you thing might be, might be a bit unfamiliar to me as well. <laughs> it's, it's called self-care <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm looking yeah, into just, you, g- just going to people who've had heart attacks and causing a disturbance in the hope of getting that sweet <laughs> tranquilizer effect fucking- you start going and harassing paramedics because you're addicted to tranquilizers yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah exactly but see that's the if, it, if it's a- ambulance just regular service ambulance they're just going to hit you with tranquilizers but if you call for a black ambulance or ambulance X they're going to hit you with ketamine so clearly you know you got to pay that extra charge <laughs> get the special Joe Rogan ambulance with a drink of DMT. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what I did. I've also found another review of this company by a former employee. I worked at this quote-unquote company, more like a pyramid scheme, think Cutco Knives, for eight months. Here's my advice. Stay far away. If you're a new EMT and they offer you a job here, please don't take it. It's a trap. I'm serious. You get no training, <laughs> no <laughs> calls that are interesting or challenging, no experience on communications because they dispatch you through an app. The owner is this guy called Stan who's just hanging out in New York <laughs> biding his time until another investor comes along to buy it out from under him. The bottom line is that the company is toxic and useless. Well, the thing is that with those hit the problem with the communication between the owner Stan and the EMTs is that he's been writing them letters, but they still ain't calling. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Rice says address is too sloppy when he jots them. I don't know. Yeah, so this is just this is a guy who invented a useless app that just sends untrained paramedics apparently <laughs> who are allowed to just kill you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean to be fair, Milo's comment about the, the the solid snake tranquilizing people in advance thing, that's actual San Francisco paramedics, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. that, that, that's real. Yeah, he yeah, genuinely is allowed that's to not do a that. Bit. That's a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, I get that. I'm just saying that, that uh you wanted to stress that that was that was a thing that happens in America. So America's fucked yeah. regardless. If Stan loses his job, if he, his company gets bought out and they stop uh, they stop having this horrible nightmare Uber for ambulances, you can still get tranked as a precautionary don't measure. Worry. Yeah, don't, don't, you can, you can <laughs> still just God. go up. You can still just go up and start fucking with paramedics until they hit you with that sweet ether. <laughs> <laughs> Hitting <laughs> you up with a cloth soaked in laudanum. <laughs> just, just like, hey, hey, t- take some of this, a, a pull of this sweet opium. <laughs> mm, delicious. Oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, so yeah, that's that's Ambulance, uh, and it is one of my favorites. On the subject of health and technology, uh, the Trash Future's favorite sort of um, ministerial dullard, Matt Hancock, has been in, this, in the headlines again. I love it when he does stuff. It's so great. Parkouring his way into the headlines. <laughs> so Matt Hancock basically has been interviewed in an article in jo- George Osborne's Evening Standard, which appeared to be some kind of paid sponsorship by an app, com- a health app company called Babylon, which makes the app GP at hand. 
which Matt Hancock is relentlessly promoting in the article, the Minister of Health. It's just a, Matt, it's Matt just a slower ambulance. Is you just put in the app and it just brings you a GP to give you some more. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That, I mean, I mean I'm, I'm now a fan of this app. Can we promote this app too? <laughs> who needs a GP when you can just fuck with a paramedic and get say, sweet mummy oh, open? Oh, 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 if, if, yeah. they, if they just give us an endorsement deal, then we can just flash a gold card and get tranked anytime we see an EMT. <laughs> yeah. Right. So um, basically, this article is where is about Matt Hancock talking about digitization and the funding challenges on the on the NHS that the Tories create by not funding it enough. Um, and Matt Hancock's solution, as we've discussed on the podcast before, has always mm. been: What if we could put more apps into play? Like, how can we find these little tiny efficiencies uh, to make up for the gigantic suffering wound of, fun- of underfunding? And so the article says, Hancock has always been an outspoken supporter of technology, which has not been without controversy. <laughs> for example, the app he made that snooped everyone's pictures and looked at everyone's nudes. Very normal. Um, on his phone, his many apps <laughs> include GP at Hand, created by Babylon, the healthcare company which partners with the Futures London Health Project, who commissioned this article. This led to criticism that he was endorsing an app that may encourage people to leave their own GP practice, causing GP practices to lose money, while others suggested his service was cherry-picking younger, more tech-savvy patients. Mm-hmm. And then... Matt Hancock uses this article to respond on behalf of Babylon. He's not a minister. He's just doing an, like, an infomercial at this point. It's also weird to me that Matt Hancock has, like, he's advertised himself as having this GP at hand app on your phone. Because I feel like you have to, like, need the GP a lot to make it worth having. This is just like, I am a sickly and frail person. Oh, all, like you said earlier, who would have an ambulance on retainer? Tory ministers would have an ambulance on retainer. They're all dying. Hmm. <laughs> I'm suffering from an acute case of having a made-up name. <laughs> it's it's very funny that he is. It's very funny to me. It's it's gives his constant source of delight that our health minister is such a cheerful, chirpy dullard that he just sees his job not as representing the interests of the you know people who need healthcare. I mean, he's a Tory, of course, he doesn't see that, but that he more sees himself as just. The pitch man for Uber for doctors. It, that's his brilliant solution. Well, th- there wasn't anything wrong with basically making a statement and publishing an article in defense of a company while also in a government ministry position. Mm. Like the idea that, 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 that there's no conflict of interest there, like that just seems to be a statement of what passes for normal. Like what passes for a good idea? Amongst people like Matt Hancock. Absolutely. It's, well, it's, it's not that the, the, the NHS has to be underfunded more efficiently rather than being better funded. <laughs> mm. uh, Matt Hancock just goes like full influencer and starts posting pictures on his Instagram of like him in a bikini on the beach. And it's like the photo is like 90% his ass. And then the caption's <laughs> like, I love the beach, but I also love <laughs> knowing that I can contact my GP at any time through a convenient online interface. He's, he's oh, going to yeah, get Matt really Han- into unboxing videos. I was, about, I was about to say, Matt Hancock is definitely going to be the type of guy who like genuinely advertises the poopsie unicorn as the future of like the British, econ- the, the, the British economy. Yeah, that's actually my GP now, mm. is, a, is a pooping unicorn. <laughs> What's the, you, know, you know what the difference is, actually, genuinely, like, like between... Um, Matt Hancock writing an advertorial in support of GP at hand in the Evening Standard is, and then like uh, a, a, a woman with a big butt on Instagram selling like skinny tea or whatever. It's respectability. That's the difference. Matt Hancock and the Evening Standard are more respectable. It's identical in every other way. I thought you were going to say less. 
<laughs> no. They're identical in the sense they both have their ass out. <laughs> um, and here's what's funny is is Hancock said the article goes on with technology on the horizon for a health service uh, which we cherish so dearly. Uh, there are some what a Tory phrase that is yeah. with technology on the horizon, <laughs> like as if technology hasn't existed since at least like 1750, if not before. <laughs> Techne, <laughs> it's a Greek ass word. Mm. Um, there are some understandable questions that need to be answered. For example, will the incorporation of technology in the UK healthcare provide an opportunity for private companies to profit from the NHS? It will if I'm in charge. <laughs> I am completely against the privatization of the NHS, Matt Hancock said, insisting our health service is safe in his hands, even though he is, of course, you know, justifying underfunding it by, like, partnering with various, like, global app developers. Yeah. I, I also greatly enjoyed that he's described in this article as wearing an NHS flag that is set, an NHS like pin badge that is set within the LGBT rainbow flag. Oh. As like Mac Hancock has like designed a family crest for himself. It's, it's extremely <laughs> it's like, cool at a time when uh, being trans, my trans healthcare on the NHS is literally the tracker from ordering a pizza. I get like <laughs> I get like the little Domino's robot that tells me that like somebody named Kyle is making my fucking pepperoni pizza is in charge of like my major life health decisions. So yeah, I track a track how trans you are at any given moment. <laughs> is that the- yeah. <laughs> what, what, what elements of being trans are there? There's prep, bake, <laughs> out for delivery. <laughs> Um, so could technology start to fix these immediate problems? I've had people say to me, uh, it's all very well and good. You're interested in technology, but we need more nurses, Hancock says. But he insists AI can help too, suggesting technology can help cut waste and improve patient experience. The, uh, the algorithm takes over healthcare. <laughs> well, you seem to have acute dysentery, but what we've done is we've dyed your shit to look like glittery rainbow poo, because that is apparently what you want now. Good day. <laughs> This is bringing healthcare back to the days of Louis the Fourteenth. And that's the yeah. thing. It's that that Hancock says, "Oh, I'm not going to privatize it. No company is going to be allowed to make money. We understand we need more nurses." But every time he's pushed on it, he's like, "Oh yeah, he handways." He's like, well, "Of course, we need more nurses." But what about this app? What if this app was a nurse? Yeah. What if your mum was a nurse? <laughs> black Mirror. <That's> like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people live that Black Mirror episode. Yeah, that's why it's so insightful. Yeah, Damn, we, mm, we live in a society. <laughs> I, I've heard that. We, we, we do live in one of those. Uh, anyway, um, so yeah, that's that's Matt Hancock yet again parkouring over the nation's um, underfunding crisis uh, by creating Uber for kidney transplants, I guess. Maybe he can partner with Ambulance and we can not have to suffer through having trained EMTs anymore. Yeah. Also, they can just, just shoot us and put us out of our misery. <laughs> yeah. An app will shoot you at any time. <laughs> Any time of your choice. <laughs> it's just a gun. <laughs> no, it's an app, that's though. not an app. I, I, I feel like that's going to be the next. That sinks I, by Bluetooth with your gun. I, I feel like that's going to be like the, the next like NRA product to try like you know ad, you know try advertisements as a cool like millennial um, brand. Um, yeah, it'll be like a Bluetooth. Like, when, a, well, they, they so, kind yeah. of did this actually. It didn't really get any press, but like I think earlier this week, the Tories voted to remove the ban on high-powered rifles. So that's exciting. That's coming to an ambulance near you, I guess. <laughs> Matt Hancock's been gaming, and he's yeah. like, "Yo, I need to Barrett fifty cal these noobs but in real life." He's, 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 been, he's been playing Red Redemption two, and it's just like he's been taking. He's just taking it too seriously now. 
No, Matt, Matt Hand, yeah. <laughs> we're bringing back high-powered rifles. What, in case we need to ever hunt tanks? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, this is this is the we're gonna steer away from technology a little bit, uh, and we're gonna we're gonna go into uh, talking about something that's been circulating quite a bit on Twitter, um, which is uh, this video that has emerged, which appears to show uh, a, a student in the north in Huddersfield um, beating up south of the wall. Yes, indeed. Uh, basically, like some fash kid uh, beating up and bullying and waterboarding a Syrian refugee. Um, and to nobody's surprise at all, um, Tommy Robinson has already leapt to his defense, uh, where in a video posted on Facebook, uh, the former leader of the EDL said that this Syrian kid uh, had allegedly been uh, um, attacked, involved in an attack on a young girl that left her black and blue. This claim was, of course, immediately denied uh, by a woman purporting to be the girl's mother. Um, so this is People, just Tommy Robinson supporters read so slowly that they initially read that as an attack on a, an attack on a local girl that left her black, and they were like, "Oh God, no!" And they were like, "And blue? Oh, that's okay." <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, so the yeah, and so like this is just this is just grooming gangs. Um, this is just grooming gangs hysteria. But uh, you know, Tommy Robinson's just cooking it up again. But if in the I, kitchen with Tommy Robinson, if I can find like the one sort of humorous silver lining here, once again, Tommy Robinson appears to be illegally interfering in an ongoing court proceeding, which has led me to conclude that he has been cursed by a witch to inter an Islamophobic witch to interfere in ongoing court proceedings. Look, if God didn't want us to interfere in ongoing court proceedings, why did he make it so goddamn delicious? <laughs> right. So, um. The other, the other thing that I kind of noticed about this is that Tory MPs have been talking about how this is shocking behavior. This is uh, a com completely, uh, it's, oh, this is not our Britain. This is not the place we made. You know, conservative MP Tobias Elwood responded, this bully oh, wait, is- that's a real man and not someone you made up. <laughs> right. I, I can't tell anymore either. I'm getting very good at making up conservative ministers. Um, no, so MP backbencher uh, Tobias Elwood tweeted, this bully, his parents, the school where this occurs, and the onlookers fail to step in all have big questions to answer. To the Syrian refugee, I say sorry. It's not the welcoming, friendly Britain we are supposed to be. Uh, it's just the welcoming, friendly Britain where we deport grandparents from the Caribbean just because. Whoops. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, lit like, literally hostile environment. <laughs> yeah, like the whole point is that we want to be as cruel as possible to immigrants so that they don't come to Britain. And then it's like, wow, people are being really cruel to immigrants. What? Where would they ever get that idea? Well, and, yeah, and, and, like, and this fucking guy, Tobias Elwood, was actually he was like a junior minister in the Foreign Office at the same time that we started bombing Syria in the first place. So, like, yeah, I know. It's isn't he, isn't he the guy that like loved off Saudi Arabia mm -hmm. yeah. or like Bahrain or like one of these like Gulf states? Like he was on and he was like on Newsnight, like very kind of openly like shilling for them. Oh yeah, absolutely. He's he's not he's he's very sorry that this happened, but also um he's, you know, a large part of the reason why this kid isn't still in fucking homps in the first place. And well, yeah. yeah. It, it also strikes me that it, this is once again one of those stories in which uh the racism isn't actually the thing people are mad at. They're mad that it's vulgar. That like mm -hmm. as long as it's polite racism, like, you know, making making your university registration or your your letting office or i don't know anywhere your in your life your bank yeah. be a border cop to fucking yeah. check your documents like I think it, it, that that's good that's that's just wise immigration policy but then 
kids getting this messaging from their parents and their communities and beating up other kids who are who are migrants, like who are refugees, that is that's rude. Bridge too far. That's and, rude, and I, exactly. And I, and I and I think I think like you've hit the nail on the head because when I saw this video, it was like, okay, this was like a really horrible video to watch, but it was also like a lived experience for like anyone who wasn't a white person, right? So like this has happened to me like several times when I was in school in, you know, a very white school in Kent or like pretty much everyone else who I spoke to, like this is a part of like a lived experience of being like an ethnic minority um, in a country that like for a long, you know, ha- that has always kind of turned a blind eye to like these forms of racism, right? So like what, what is the difference here? The difference, number one, is that like someone filmed it on their phone and it went viral. And, you know, in you know so in a million other cases that that wouldn't happen but then i think you've also hit the nail in the head in kind of saying that you know these people who are like you know saying that they're outraged by you know what's happened you know what they're actually signaling is that like oh yeah like when we put it into like policy when we wrap it up in like layers upon layers of bureaucracy um you know it's fine if we create like a really like horrific immigration system which like actively targets people and you know forcibly deports people um especially you know you know especially like black people um but when we have to see it ourselves like when we have to see the ugliness ourselves that's when we'll be like oh this isn't the country that you know we you know we are tolerant britain like this isn't our country it's like yeah it absolutely is it's just like this is the first time you had to like deal with it on an aesthetic level Mm, agreed yeah so that's the thing this is and this is the this is the same party that in the same town in huddersfield <clears throat> has been making a specifically racialized issue of the grooming gangs so you know you wanted to be the party of tommy robinson congratulations tobias elwood you literally did this welcome to the hostile environment i forgot about this i forgot about the grooming scandal over in huddersfield oh my god but like okay wow that makes like, the that same makes fucking up, town yeah it makes it makes like the whole dynamic really different um Wow, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I, I didn't, I forgot, I completely forgot about that. Yeah. And the thing is, but you can see, but conservative MPs, like, I've noticed them doing this a lot recently because all of the insane policies that they've been pushing for the last decade, well, decade or ever, um, like, they're just reaching this breaking point now where they're starting to see, like, this is, they can't ignore it anymore. So, like, Anna Subri did this uh, last week as well, where it came out that a young woman with Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease um, had her care, her carer had her benefits cut when basically that this person wasn't ruled sick enough. Um, and then... Um, this person's not done a kickflip yeah. in months. <laughs> and then uh, Anna Subri responds, no ifs, no buts, no excuses. This is a disgrace and not what I voted for when supporting much needed benefit reforms. Well, you know what, Anna Subri? This is literally what you voted for. This is the Britain that you created. I'm just going <laughs> to say this uh, as as an outsider. Um, the only policy the is Brexit. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, <laughs> well, I mean that's Anna Subri is the turkey going, wait, I thought we ate geese at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> this, this kind of argument uh, that it's not us, that's something that's very, very familiar to Americans, I think, because whenever there's something like this, um, the same dynamic takes place, but the right doesn't even try anymore. It's yeah. more the it's the center left who has enabled the center the center right really who have enabled it who will always say this was not what I was voting for when I voted for the bomb Syrian children into the dust act like it, it's it, it's the same kind of I don't know like like performative naivety mm. and you see this over and over again and and, I, and it's obviously so disingenuous but to me I think it's just strange that that uh, in this case something that 
that Milo and I talked about, it's something Hussein and I have talked about too, is that there's a specific element to this because it's so disgusting. This is a kid whose family literally are refugees from a war zone. But if they weren't refugees, if they were just like Hussein said, just ethnic minorities in Britain who, who, who came here, who might've been here for multiple generations, getting your ass kicked by a bunch of racist white kids would be normal. Like this might be a scandal because it was a video like in like regional news, but it wouldn't be a national scandal uh, because that's what people have become used to. So the idea that you're going to say, to say this is disgusting, great, but to be like, this isn't who we are. is like, I think everybody fucking knows. Yes, it absolutely is who we are and when someone like when someone like Subri or someone like Elwood right when they say this isn't who we are I think the reason that they can really think that is because I think they believe the bullshit that um, benefit reforms are going to work when it targets the most needy or that smart bombs aren't going to like you know triple tap a wedding like they, they think it's all going to work and they just they don't critically engage with it they're like okay well no if we do good means testing then no one's going to miss out on benefits unless they need them perfect I'm voting for everyone who needs benefits to get them while just conveniently ignoring or pushing off to some darkened corner of their head the sort of secure in the knowledge that no this is going to go wrong and like we are going to, as we always do, every time we vote as the right, we are going to vote to make the United Kingdom stupider, poorer, and crueler. And then they just get to say it's not their fault because they had a system. Uh, really, really quickly, there is one other silver lining to this, which is it just came out uh, literally a couple of hours ago that the uh, the fascists, the, the kid who like assaulted this refugee in the video, um, he was charged with assault, but he's out on bail with no bail conditions and has... Uh, fled the country and is now with relatives outside the UK. <laughs> well, so, well then, he's he's, he's no refugee. He's definitely gone. He's definitely Whoa. gone to Australia. That's where refugees of racism go. The, 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 he's woke. The, 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 the famous, the famous safe haven for white refugees who are also the first slaves. <laughs> <laughs> he's been adopted by Milo Yiannopoulos. <laughs> you know what? I I wouldn't actually be surprised if that was in, in a, you know if that if that did happen where like you know he would you know he would give like an exclusive interview to like fucking Milo or Tommy Robinson or something oh, like Jesus. that. Oh no! Um, oh no! This kid, this kid's gonna get a spectator column. Yeah. Oh yeah, like yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm still waiting for like Brendan's spicy take about how like the far left are really the ones who uh, went went too far in demonizing this young boy. Like, and I can you, definitely see that happening. You might not have to wait that long, Hussein, because actually, oh, did I segue? Oh, did I segue? You segued. You segued. <laughs> Milo, I believe you found another Brendan O'Neill article that no one else has seen. Uh, yes, in keeping with the trash reader tradition that we no longer read any Brendan O'Neill articles that we haven't written ourselves. Uh, All right, t- t- so what, what's this one? Take it away. Uh, here is uh, me dressed up as Brendan O'Neill dressed up as me. Um, <clears throat> I believe it was George Orwell who said, the word racism doesn't really mean anything. And never has it been more true than this week, as the chattering classes of this once great nation have once again banded together to brand some schoolchildren as racists. I'm talking, of course, about the video that emerged of some 16-year-old schoolboys engaging in the time-old roughhousing schoolboy pursuits of shoving one another, playful jeering, and pretending to waterboard a refugee child. (laughs) Do refugees face difficulties in the UK? Certainly. Were these boys overzealous in their tomfoolery? Sure. But does that warrant the online witch hunt which has resulted in one of these young lads being charged with assault by the police? Your silence speaks volumes. (laughs) They've even... (laughs) They've even gone so far as to say that the boy must be a racist because he liked some Tommy Robinson posts on Facebook. But people can be fans of Tommy Robinson for many different reasons. Some are there for the white nationalist rhetoric, sure, but others still are enthused by the mortgage fraud or being democratic football lads. (laughs) Now, 
contrast the online Twitter mob of SJWs in this instance, baying for the blood of these young rapscallions, these wee ruddy-faced chaps, these zealous and hearty lads, over failing to roll out the red carpet in welcoming foreigners to their shores, with their reaction to the murder of a missionary at the hands of the inhabitants of the remote Sentinel Islands this week. Whilst one anti-immigrant attitude is racist, backwards, and to be derided, the other is to be celebrated. (laughs) Their righteous resistance to the so-called colonialism of the so-called white man. A white man they killed in cold blood for the crime of wanting to read to them from the only text that could save their mortal souls, the most holy of holy books, 1984. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed, I would go so far as to say that this missionary, as a white man asserting his right to freedom of speech, is the real refugee. (laughs) Fleeing, (laughs) Fleeing not war but the cultural Marxism telling him he can't measure people's skulls at work. (laughs) He is the first martyr in a war of freedom of speech which has long been brewing. (laughs) Oh my God, I'm dying. We're never reading another Brendan O'Neill article ever again. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm 100% sure that you could write you could write one of these articles up in like 20 minutes, send it to Quillette, and they would publish it. Oh. <laughs> like, I, future 2019 goals. I'm 100% sure you could do this. Some of these have to go in the Trash Future book. Let's <laughs> not tease that too much. Ooh, tease me, tease me. Uh, oh my goodness. Who boy. Oh, I think that's a that's a good high note to end on everybody. Um I'm going to say as always, we have a Patreon. You can subscribe to it 5 bucks a month. You get a second episode if for some reason you want more of this. Um and uh also, you could consider commodifying your descent with a t-shirt from Lil Comrade. Uh maybe you could what can we get it what can we get on it this time? Oh, maybe see what the algorithm says. Uh, I can only imagine that whatever it comes up with from this episode alone will uh, will will make Edie very upset. Yeah, upset Edie by asking for something to do with like uh, like a unicorn poop or something. I'd, or I'd appreciate a T-shirt that says "I'm just here for the mortgage fraud." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, get that, get at, get that on a Trash Future T-shirt. Um, and thank you also to Ginseng for our theme song. It's called Here We Go. You can find it on Spotify, which is very good. And thank you to Alice uh, for wasting her time coming on our tumble. Thank you, guys. (laughs) Uh, Thank you very much for coming on. Thank you very much for listening, and we will see you later. (laughs) 